Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Monday morning at 5.30 in L.A., 6-17-2019. We are already past the halfway in the month's mark. We're getting warm weather, um, not so much where I live, but in the Inland Valley. We're getting warmer weather, and I think it's going to hit us, and once it does, it will stay that way until it actually gets cool again. So it'll be an interesting thing because we've had a real, as far by California standards, winter this winter, and we had a lot of rain even until May. So it's been very out of the box, which I love because today's show is out of the box. Why are we taking away the gift of getting older? Life is such a hassle in the middle. We're great as kids. We play, we run, we don't have a concept of anything going on in the world. So we get to be happy. And when when we're older, We're done. We're still here because we have something to do. And yet we start releasing a lot of the stuff that we were carrying emotionally. And then what happens is, depending on how we did that, as older people, our bodies can't do what they used to. Once our mind figures everything out. Then you might ask, why does God keep us here when we've done what we were supposed to do? Because every single stage is that, that circle of life, that cycle of life. And the hardest stage is the middle. Because we're insecure or we don't have answers, we're faced with a lot of stuff, we have parents that are older than us, children that are younger than us, we're we're responsible for both in some cases. And it's a lot of pressure. And then by the time we flop into the other side of it, we're old, we're older. And on top of it, we are told not to look older. There's like every cream in the world to stop us from aging. There's surgeries that will stop our bodies from looking like they're aging. We've taken old age and made us feel bad about it. Now I'm getting old. Like nobody's going to care about us in the world ever again. And I remember when I was a kid that there was a lot of respect for old people. I remember we used to go to them for help or advice because they were the only resource at the time. 
that really spoke to us with gentleness and love. Because now they understood it. I remember thinking, you know, kids are happy because they're innocent. And older people are happy when they feel like they've done well in their lives. When they can look back and say, I did okay. My kids are happy. And now I do get to enjoy my grandkids. And that was how we wanted it to be. At that time, even, the older people, once they got older and couldn't live in their own homes, there weren't um, so many retirement communities or retirement homes or assisted living. That did not exist. They did used to have what they called old folks' homes, where people who may not have had family or couldn't take care of themselves and nobody was around them to help them or lived in the same place, they would take those people and they would, they would pay for it. And it, it wasn't like it is now where it's so expensive. And I mean, I'm talking five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 a month to keep somebody in a place. And then I know people whose parents are probably, I want to say maybe 40 minutes away or 30 minutes away, and they haven't seen them for months. And so I think about that, and I think, gosh, where did we lose the value? What happened? How did we turn one of the greatest, parts of learning from someone who's made it through everything might not be the same things but meeting people who've made it through and listening to how they did it we leave enriched and I could say it all day and people will say yeah that's true but when you do it it's amazing Just yesterday, I had someone over for dinner who's, I want to say, I don't know how old they are, but I would say between 78 years old and 80, and someone else who's 81. And I was excited all day that I got to cook for them. And I never even really thought about today's show yet because I was still in the middle of Sunday and I just loved how much they appreciated a cooked meal all day long I was like oh wait until they taste this and you know I made these these Middle Eastern meatballs, and they're called kifta, like K-I-F-T-A in in Arabic. But they are, um, you, you cut up onions and you cut up parsley and just put a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper on it. Don't, and don't use any other spice because the parsley and the onions do the work. And then you actually squeeze, you do a lot of lemon and onion, by the way, 
uh, or not lemon and onion, parsley and onion, and you squeeze and you squeeze and you squeeze, and there becomes this like juice from squeezing it that's like this parsley onion juice. And then you mix the meat with it, and the meat takes in the juice, and that's actually the spice. And then you make them, and they're like these oblong balls. Some restaurants call them lulu if you ever have been out to Middle Eastern places. But either way, then I grilled them on a grill. And that man, when when he came over, he said, I'm so excited, so excited. I said, why? And he said, I went to the doctor. I'm going on a trip. And I was told that I could eat whatever I want until midnight. And then starting tomorrow, I have to go back to the way I've been eating. So today was perfect timing to have dinner. And I said, well, I eat pretty clean, so you should be okay, but I am serving meat. And so he said, yes, and I could, I could have wine, and they normally can't have wine, and it just went on. So what happened was, while he was eating, he said, oh, these are amazing, and just the appreciation. That drove me all day just from the last time I did it. The love. And these two men are so successful in life. And they both came from nothing, but they're like ultimate successful. One of them has three houses in three countries and was leaving from this country to go to a house in another country last night, and his driver drove him over to my house for dinner on his way to the airport. But look at how old he was. And yes, he walks slower. Yes, he talks slower. But boy, is he worth listening to. Just someone who can sit there and talk about not making it, not trying to get somewhere. But he was talking about how and looking at different structures in different countries and how they run. And I said, oh, my gosh, imagine if someone can just listen to you. I could listen all day. Because he took me out of where my brain lives. And he showed me that my brain can handle three countries. Because he he showed me how he did, how he does. When I talked to him about my work, it was the first time. And I've met him now three, four times. First time I told him that I'd seen Christ. He was fascinated. He goes, oh, my God, that's a good story. He goes, even if it wasn't true, it's a good story. But I know it's true. And I said, yeah, it is. And I said, but I knew I was going to tell you the first time I met you. I just didn't know when. And I didn't think it was going to be yesterday. I knew it was just a drive-through. He was going to come by, eat, and go. But what happened was, yesterday, his wife was supposed to come with him, and she couldn't 
travel with him because one of their dogs got sick. And so it was me and two older men. And we got to talk. We got to talking. And it all came out. And the fascination and the childlike eyes and the wonder just blew me away. We forget how amazement feels. We forget how it just kind of resets our clock to say, look at how much more time I have left. I could live another 25 years. Imagine if someone is born and you think how long it takes them to get to 25 years and how much you do in that 25 years. You, you hit kindergarten. Think of all the milestones. Then you graduate, you get a promotion from fifth grade to middle school. And then you graduate from middle school to high school. Then you graduate from high school. Then you graduate from college. Then you've worked for a few years, by 25 years. Am I old at 57? Do I say I'm done at 57 or 60 or even 65? Mother Teresa became Mother Teresa after her 50s. I have this book, and, you know, I, but since I moved, I'm not even sure if it's in this collection, but it was, it was called um, Late Bloomers, people who came out after 50 and did the biggest work of their lives. There's a beauty in not having anything to lose anymore in your mind. And you get to hear that over and over again. When people used to come to me after I first saw Christ and I would talk to people, I would say, please go to, go to a retirement home. Go to an assisted living and probably still use the term old folks home, but go. Go read them stories. Go listen to their stories. Let them talk. They'll talk. Sometimes it'll sound like rambling because, you know, they're tired or something's different about them, but they are truly, truly enlightening. So this morning, Right before the show, I'm talking after I called into blog talk, and I better check the chat to make sure you guys could even hear me. Okay, I think so. Yes, we are good. Um, so what happened was I said, Christ, what is it about the older people? Why do we keep them? Why don't we take them out of their their worrying about health and how they're going to live their retirement and how I'm going to live mine and how all that's going to work out. And he said five things to me. And he started with, they're here because they are a resource. Untapped, but they are a resource. That was the number one thing Christ said. 
They are a resource. There are history books. A lot of the older people that are older than we are have a different genetic, not genetic, immune immune system system than we do. Because if anybody is, let's say, 70 or older, they ate real food in their beginning. And they are able, believe it or not, to withstand a lot of things that people born today cannot. Because now we're being born with a compromised immune system. Kids get rashes, allergies. There's all these things that all these autoimmune diseases we have that we didn't, we didn't, I didn't have growing up, but they definitely don't even have as adults. It's very interesting to see. They call them um, super agers. That's what they're called now. The people who are 70, 75, and above are called super agers. There's a name for them, just like the um, baby boomers. These are super agers. And they're super agers because of the food supply that they were, they just had. They didn't know, you know, it was anything special at the time because real food was never questioned. Now real food is called organic. And I was sitting with my brother the other day and he said, you know, there's, eight known pesticides on organic food. And I said, well, if that's what's on organic food, imagine what's on non-organic food. It's not like cutting up the organic food and that's why you shouldn't eat it, but really take a look at if that's what's on something organic, what is on something non-organic. And I'm, I'm like, you know, don't argue with me about it. I made my choices. You know, you make your choices, too, and we're exchanging information. But the older people that we meet, that we spend time with and we talk with, they are a resource in a different way than even we are because our bodies aren't even equipped, in most cases, depending on where we were raised and what we ate, to fight what they're able to fight. The other thing is respect. They remind us of the respect for life. That things come and go. There's a woman, and I, I call her a friend because, boy, I, I don't even know if I can keep up with her. And she's 90 years old. She drives. She'll be 91 in March of next year, I guess. So she's 90, solid 90 right now drives everywhere, helps people wherever she can. And I sat with her, I want to say, maybe a year ago, we, the last time, because I moved from the area, so now it's like phone and Facebook. But we were talking, and when she was in her 30s, she attempted suicide. She attempted suicide. And she couldn't remember the details. She was talking to me, trying to remember the details. I, I don't know how I, I don't know. I, I, you know, when they found me, my, my ex-husband found me. But 
you know, I don't remember how I got to the hospital and she just lost all the details of something that big. And you know what? She taught me that. She taught me that. That no matter how big, scary something happens in my life today, I may forget it. I may not remember it. As big as it is in the moment, my memory may fade. And it gave me a respect for the good things because she didn't forget the good things. She remembered the times that had the love in them. And the other ones, they were blurry. So now, you know, when things happen and I may not be real happy that they happened, I, I have to say, by the time I get older, I may not even remember that. The third thing is reliance, that we can rely on ourselves and we can make it. We can. She's outlived her first husband. She's outlived by 90 a lot of her friends. And she's the one who organizes organizes birthday parties because all our birthdays are in March together. It is an amazing world when you enter their world. And to think we walk by them every day. One day I'm going to be one of them. I'm on my way. I'm like still in the middle part. But towards the end of the middle, I think. I don't know what 57 qualifies for anymore. Things are changing. But she's a super ager. She is a super ager. And they have a term for them, just like they do for millennials. Everyone gets put into a slot. But the other thing Christ said, so we have there a resource. Teach us respect. They teach us reliance, self-reliance. And they teach us resilience. That we're going to make it. By hook or crook, if you're alive, you can only make it. There's no way you can't make it. You're going to get to 90. You're going to get to 70. You're going to get to 65. You know, sometimes those numbers feel so far away. I remember when I was a kid and I was thinking that, wow, 25 is so far away. I can't wait until I'm 25. I'll be on my own. And I'm like thinking about how I'll be starting my life. And I was so excited about doing all of that. Do you know how far 25 years feels, 25 years old feels to a 17-year-old or to a 10 or 11-year-old? I didn't even think of being 25 at 10 or 11. But once you're thinking of getting out of high school, you're thinking, now I'm going to go to college and finish, and then I want to get a job here. And, you know, this is where we're setting the tone for what we're going to do in our lives. And these people teach us resilience. Wow, I, I, I went to college to do this, but you know, I never worked in that. I ended up getting a job over here and this taught me that. And, you know, and, and they remind you that college doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a job in what you're going to do or think you're going to do. But it teaches you 
how to organize your thinking to make it work, to go through a process. And if you don't go to college, you'll still learn it somewhere else. So there's something in that statement for everybody, for the ones who couldn't go, couldn't afford to go, didn't really like school, whatever it was, that they they went somewhere and worked their way through and, and found a way just like someone who did get to go. It was just these beautiful little building block messages. And the other thing we learned from them is that we can restart at any time. So the five things that Christ told me were were resource, respect, reliance, resilience, and restarting. Because in life, we need to restart. Think about how many times till this day you've restarted. Whatever it is, the way you eat, the way you exercise, Maybe you you rearranged your house, you rearranged where you live, you moved from one city to another, whatever it is that you restart in your life. It really, really means a lot to your life, the decisions that you decide to make. And that's the greatest gift I got yesterday, getting older. I have a lot of friends that by now, the fear of getting older has resulted in medical procedures, has resulted in plastic surgeries, has resulted in exercising or trying to eat better, has resulted in trying to use their time more wisely. But we always are refining, even when nobody is looking having a routine that gives us comfort, building a structure in our life that allows us to grow one step at a time. That goes on at every stage, even older age. Their adjustments are different. It's more like, gosh, I can't drive anymore, or I can still drive. I can't really do these exercises anymore, but I can do these. I can't really eat that anymore, but look what I discovered. So there's a lot a lot to be had there. We are gifted every step of the way. I enjoy this age where I'm at more than I've enjoyed any age, not because my other ages weren't great. It's just that this is where I'm at now. Our body starts to age. This one is the weirdest one to get your mind wrapped around, but our body starts to age the minute we're born. It's just that it takes a long time to get here in terms of time here. It does take a long time to get here in terms of the way we think now. So enjoy the ride. I'm planning to enjoy my older age, no matter what happens to me. There's like this part of me that knows I'm going back home, and I even hope that I'm aware of it, like that it just doesn't happen suddenly and I'm gone, because I kind of want to go through the stages of that, too, and experience it, and experience, you know, how it feels, 
talk to younger people. And I'm already starting to do that because at USC, I work with a group of kids and I go every quarter for a Saturday and just to watch them grow makes me so happy. Just to see them from one quarter to the next because they're at that age in those teenage years where they can look completely different after three months and have sprouted or something like that happens in their life. But the appreciation for today has grown by leaps and bounds. Just like Christ said, the, the respect for them as a resource and how I'm a resource for younger people. Like, hey, you know what? You could worry about that, but you really don't have to because this is where you're going to end up with it. And I'm not taking away their experience. I'm just giving them a roadmap. I am a resource for them. I'm still at number one. They're at number two where they have the respect, where they see the resilience, where they know they can even restart at their age and they're young, that they can always go back to that fork in the road and repave it with love. When I said to those men yesterday about, you know, you guys have had great success. I wish everyone could hear what you said because a lot of people have what they call success guilt. And one guy looked at the other and goes, I never even thought of that. And I thought, oh, how blessed you are and how beautiful that is to hear. And on that note, have a great Monday. I will see you tomorrow. I love you guys. Have a great start of the week. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.